Welcome to Tech Watch Radio, brought to you by NetworkProvidersInc.com. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Sam Bushman. Jay Harrison's with me. Welcome, sir. Hey, Sam. Check them out at NPITechGuys.com, too. Yeah, you got it. That's where the podcasts are. Um, I did a an event. I went to uh, Las Vegas, and I went to Elon Musk's Boxable factory. And I called them and they said, no, we don't have room. You're, you know, we're backed up for weeks. And I said, listen, I'm a broadcast host and I really want to see this thing. And they said, come on down. I'll personally show you myself, which I abruptly did. I got in my car, just rolled over to the plant and checked it out. And I want you guys to hear what happened. Here it is. All right, people. We are at Casita Factory headquarters in uh, Nevada. Uh, it's Elon Musk's venture called Boxable. B-O-X-A-B-L.com, Boxable.com. And uh, we got four different casitas. That's what they call their uh, small uh, single box unit homes, if you will. Uh, and the casitas are 19 and a half by 19 and a half in size. So 361 square feet. Uh, right now that's the base unit. They're stackable and they're connectable. Uh, they have nine and a half foot ceilings, eight foot doors, uh, so that's the roomy part. The fact that they're not long and skinny, they're square. The fact that they've got a high ceiling is incredible. And so they've got four different casitas that we're seeing today. The difference in them primarily is what's inside them, the look and the feel. One's like a cabin. The one we're seeing now is kind of the first one that they show, which is pretty much the basic model. But this one's fascinating as you go in to a very nice roomy Casita. Here you'll find the bathroom next to the bedroom. Exactly. All right, Olivia, you ready? Yep, I'm just showing it. So to the right, you've got, of course, your kitchen. And, and uh, at the front of the house, they divide the house into different sections is what they kind of call them. The front section is kind of your gaming life section where you spend your time with your friends and loved ones and where the kitchen is and the cooking. It's got full-size appliances and everything. As you work your way to the back of the house, you get more personal, if you will. Uh, you get your bathroom, you get your bedroom, uh, you get your laundry room. Uh, and th then you've got this center divide. This is called, uh, I guess, the casita closet kind of thing. It's really a, uh, what do they call those, Julie? Yeah, but there's a word. There's a word in normal life that we use for something like this. An armoire. Yeah, like an armoire, kind of a thing. Armoire, kind of a thing. Um, I know it's not exactly like that because it's, it's more high tech, but it's it's designed to basically put your TV in your mirror. The TV can turn around in either direction, uh, but it's really designed in a square box with high ceilings, very small. Everything is multifunctional in here too, so everything that you use can be kind of converted to different surfaces, different. Um, uses, etc. So, for, so for 361 square feet, you're getting a ton of usability. Uh, it's airy and roomy. It's got the ability to have uh, normal heat and normal AC. So we walked out of the Nevada sun, hotter than all get out outside. We come in here and it's cool. Uh, air is flowing, so it's very nice. Uh, but anyway, that's kind of the casita layout. Fascinating uh, how they work. They have uh, three factories they built. They're working on another factory to really increase production. What's that factory called? Baxilla. There you go. <laughs> and the idea is to start cranking them out. Right now they're bringing out two units a day from their main factory. Uh, the next step will be literally a unit per hour. 
and then the real phase, this um, Boxilla factory, uh, which is not on, online yet, but coming, it will do a casita per minute. Uh, and then they are beyond that planning to scale and franchise, what do you call them, Boxilla factories? I guess you could say, which will scale it even further to where we'll be able to make just, I don't know how many units per day, but it'll be incredible. And so right now people are on waiting lists for this. Only the military or unique uh, placement is possible, but they are cranking out units. They are going out, not in near the production that they envision, but to unique situations now. You can get on a waiting list, but it's gonna be a while till you get your casita. The future of these casitas though, will start to have more customized, um, what do you wanna say, casita square or casita box units uh, that will be for specific purposes. Now what you do is you just customize based on what you want the casita to be and do. But as you start hooking them together for buildings and stack them in, stacking them, etc., you will begin to get a, a real sense of the power of these things because they're endless. Uh, you can put casitas on top of one. How high can they go? How many steps can we go? Uh, right now they're saying three casitas high. So three casitas high, uh, and then they can go end to end. And how can they fit? Can they just go end to end, or can you do any direction? Uh, you can stack them door to door, but also if you notice, our windows are shaped like doors, so you can cut out the rest of that window and turn it into a So anywhere there's a window can become a basically a door or a connect point, if you will, uh, is, is the idea here. And I'm just telling you, these things are incredible. They're in the early stages, and one of the things that I think is kind of unfair that I've seen the on commun online community say is, hey, you know what, they've been promising units and not delivering. There's a lot to this, folks. To get a whole system up, it's not just the ability to get the materials together and get the technology working. That's all done, you can see it right here. Uh, the difficulty is you've got codes all across the country. You've got different codes and different um, rules and guidelines. There's 3,000 counties in the United States of America. Uh, really, 3,081 if you wanna get technical. And all of them have a little bit different zoning and coding and, and questions. So there's all kinds of different codes that you can build these specifications to. The international code is the strongest one, uh, and these are beyond the uh, manufactured home or beyond the, um, uh, what's the word for those homes? Modular. modular home standard. The modular home standard, along with the international standards, are pretty much the highest. These casitas will be built to exceed all that. So in the walls, they've got 22 uh, insulation. Uh, in the ceilings, and the floor, it's 28, right? That's correct. Currently. They can handle um, how much snow on the roof? 31 pounds per square foot. 31 pounds per square foot currently. They are working on some pitched roofs options. Right now the roofs are for the most part flat, slight grain to them so that you know rain and snow go off easily. But they will be adding a package for those in the, in the real climates that need them where you can have a pitched roof where snow will go off and, and, and deal with it a lot more gracefully than that. So it's an expanding project. It's changing all the time. It's not static and it's, and it's you know, hey, there's just not a casita and it's being delivered. The specs, the capabilities, the um, unique positioning of, of the different units, it's all ongoing and continuing as we speak now. Uh, there's changes. So we talked about casita, uh, what do you call it, version one? Yep, this is gen one. This is gen one, all right. And gen two is coming out, which the exterior uh, of the walls uh, will be basically a different material entirely. It's going from a, a steel base more to a, a pop, what is it? Cement? Uh, epoxy? Cement. Say it again. Uh, cement? Yeah, but what's that? 
first word you used before? Fiber cement. Oh, fiber cement. Fiber cement. Okay. Yeah, so so kind of a unique lighter cement type material. Uh, and these uh, are designed to handle wind and to handle a lot of structural things that you know typical housing isn't just isn't ready to handle. So they're making a lot of advancements all at once in this technology. And so you know what? It's going to take a while for these factories to ramp up. It's going to take a while to get approval in all 50 states and all 3,000 counties. Um, with the international codes they're building to, though, eventually, uh, as they scale to factories all around the world, they'll be able to scale to any code necessary. So it's taking a while to get all that done. We've got to kind of be patient with these new startup kind of technologies because it, it sounds so easy, but there's so many different elements of complications that you've got to deal with. For example, in this unit right here, they have a water heater. I don't know if you can show that, Olivia, or not. Well, it's, it's buried. But there's, there's a water heater buried here. behind, okay, and there's a dishwasher right here. Well, they say that they can't have that water heater buried like that for what? Uh, for, yeah, for, for code reasons, for, for code accessibility. Reasons. So, yeah, unfortunately, this dishwasher is going to go bye-bye and they're moving. For the, the ones coming off the line now, the water heater is going to be going in here. But I, I bring that up just to show you one example of the complicated, this is complicated people. I grew up in the construction business uh, and it's very complicated of all the different uh, details that you've got to work on. It's not something that you just simply say, oh, you know what, we got these built, it works, it's great. Now there are special situations where people are living in them now, as far as I understand, Elon Musk lives in one, right? Or at uh, least he used he to. Has, he has one, yeah. He has one. Okay, First so customer. Uh, when you're when you're Elon Musk, though, you may not just live in one place for that matter. But yeah, right. the point is that he, you know, he's lived in these. He's he's done some personal. It's like Thoreau, modern times, right? Uh, Thoreau lived in, a, in an ancient cabin in the 1800s. It, it's legendary. If you don't know about it, check it out. Uh, but this is kind of a modern day Thoreau experiment that, that Elon Musk did, and so he's very intimately familiar with from a day to day point of view of what it takes to live in one of these, and that's why it's so multifunctional and so unique in the inside. Anyway, there's my little video on uh, our Venture 2 boxable. There you have it. Um, it's kind of interesting to listen to. It's, it's really cool to watch, though, because in the video, you can see kind of the details. Uh, I sent Jay a copy of the video so he can check we'll that out. We'll have to get out. that up on YouTube for people to see. It's a lot of fun. We, we can work on that. Um, <laughs> it's just kind of a thing that I did as, as a personal project in a way, and then I got thinking, man, you know, we ought to share this. I, uh, anyway. So there it is. It's fascinating. Pretty interesting. Do you have, do you have any you, questions about it, Jay? Well, I might be able to answer them. Some observations. Um, sure. One is right at the end when he's talking about you know trying moving the water heater and having to. It reminds me of any time you have something like designed by a committee. You just have everybody wanting to change everything, and every time you think you got it nailed down, somebody's like, "Oh no, we got to do this." You know, um, I I don't envy the the task that they're trying to That's do to right. make that um, you know work everywhere. That's a lot of work to to satisfy all of all of the bureaucrats and all of the rules and regulations for every county to make that happen. What I thought was most fascinating though, probably is that you could stack them three high. I mean, you can, you could literally drop in apartment yeah, buildings like this. Uh, that would be pretty interesting. I, I think it's fascinating. I can't wait to see the video. I'm looking forward to seeing the video. So um, hopefully we'll, we can make that available uh, for listeners as well. Um, but yeah, that that's very cool. I'm going to be more interested. I'm going to check out their website too. Their website is box abl.com uh so like boxable but it's boxabl.com yeah box able so to speak um and the idea is you these boxes are able to configure any way you want them is the idea
Very cool. Neat stuff. So anyway, it, it's cool. And I, what I like about them too, Jay, is, you know, when you think of some of these other older homes like that that are portable or that are whatever, uh, they're all skinny and they're all like small and like claustrophobic kind of thing. These things are big and open, man, because they're square and they got high ceilings to where when you get in there, you're shocked. You know what it's it reminds big, me of? But it feels big, right? It reminds me of the Sears homes that you used to be able to order, and it would come on a train. Yes, indeed. With all the parts and all the, you know, you only have to provide like maybe the brick and um, the labor and a few other minor things, but like all the nails and everything. And people were buying houses that today are just remarkable. Some of those houses are, a lot of them are still standing. And you ready for this? My uncle has one. Still. Yeah, it got brought in a train like in 1924 or some crazy thing. And I go to his house now, and he still lives in it, and they've added on to it since, so it's bigger. But it's an incredible house. So man. I it have got the, delivered on a train from the catalog. I have <laughs> the real. plan for the one called the Magnolia, which is one of the bigger ones. Uh, and it's like a three or maybe a five-bedroom house. It's two-story. Yeah. It's It looks like a plantation house. It's got balconies and stuff. $5,000 to have this thing delivered. I don't know why they never the even took off, though. I just don't understand it. I don't either. I think they did take off. I mean, I think there's thousands or, or ton, tens of thousands of people that have built these. Um, well, take why off. They didn't... I'm just saying these these casitas are kind of modern version of that, and if they had kept the innovation going, man, could it be something. Well, I think it still could, unless, unless they've closed the project or something. The ca- I just don't know. I, mean, I don't. I know sure hope not. Because there's a right huge, now, there's a huge housing problem in America uh, of affordability, no especially question. for college students and those just getting started. Uh, I don't know how they're doing it. Even with a dual income, I don't know how they're doing it. In, I mean, Sam knows housing. He used to be a real estate agent. He knows the housing market. Uh, how are they doing it, Sam? It's very difficult for people. There, uh, most people are very close to the edge, Jay. To be honest with you, and I, I don't want to go off on a political tangent about this, but well, it's, it's not political. It's real families. life for everybody. It is. It's and it's tough for people for sure. Speaking of real life and tough, I got a couple of other quick stories I want to cover at this um, broadcast. Uh, you know about Intuit, how they have a bunch of different programs and software, QuickBooks and Quicken and all this kind of tax preparation. Oh yeah. Do you know what Mint is, Jay? You remember that? Right? Yeah, it's a financial site, right? It's a financial software. It used well, to be there's also Mint Mobile. There's a lot of Mints, of I guess. There's Mint right. Ice Cream. There's <laughs> Yeah, good point. Well, this is the technical Mint software. The, uh, but now it looks like Intuit is shutting down Mint, the personal finance and budgeting app. I don't Intuit, understand those guys. which acquired Mint back in 2009. Why they'd acquire it and then hold on to it for 15 years and then get rid of it, I don't even know. But they say they're encouraging users Because it was competing switch, with QuickBooks, that's why. To switch to what's called Credit Karma. It's money management and credit score service. So I get a lot of that because, hey, why not roll it into something bigger? But again, when these big companies buy things, Jay, they always ruin it. The reason that people bought this Mint thing was because it wasn't a big rolled-into gazillion feature-rich, you know, take a bunch of money from you. It was simple. People liked it. They could understand it. They could use it. And they've now ruined it. They even say that Credit Karma does not offer a budgeting tool that allows users to set a monthly budget and then budgets by category. That's a favorite feature of what Mint used to do. That's why Mint liked, or that's why people liked Mint, because it allowed users to link their spending accounts to the service and then deal with categories and purchases could automatically be categorized 
and restaurants, groceries, all this kind of stuff, making it easier to just track your spending literally by category as you go. Now they've ruined it. Now they're pushing you to a service that doesn't even have what the core of the thing was in the first place. It's a sad tale to I, tell, folks. I don't understand it. So Intuit has bought all this stuff. I, I mean, they have TurboTax. They've got uh, Credit Karma. They bought MailChimp. You know, I, they, and they did. I know. They're going to ruin that, too. <laughs> And I'm going to be rude, but that's what these big corporations do because, in my opinion, the startup guy has this vision. I've got a need. I've got a a job to do. I've got a a vision of the way I want that job to be done or that vision to be carried out or whatever. And so they do it and they build it and everybody loves it because people catch that vision. And then what happens is these big corporate players buy it, see it as a cash cow, but they lose the vision. And I don't know any better way to explain it than that. And you see it all the time. I mean, right now there's Word and people are like Word's just like an ocean liner that you just can't even hardly use. So people have created programs like Jarte and other uh, software um, Word-like programs that are nimble. And, and so the Jarte guys say, you know what, you can use the ocean liner Word if you want to, or you can use our nimble speedboat Jarte. <laughs> kind of a comparison to highlight that everybody doesn't want all those features. You want it because it's so good at a certain task or so good at a, at a carrying out of a certain vision. In this case, the idea was I'm going to have these categories and I'm going to have budgets related to the categories. And throughout the month, I'm just going to watch as I spend and the spending automatically hits those categories to just see where I am instantly in my category. You know what? I'm going over on my going out to eat budget. I'm not going to go out to eat tonight. You know what? I've got a little bit more money on my entertainment budget. I think we should go see a movie. What do you think? And, and people would make decisions on the, on the flight. Look, I wanted to buy some extra stuff for groceries, a little bit for like food storage. I don't have the money to do that this time. I'm going to wait till next time. And people made decisions on the fly, and now they want to move you to a system that doesn't even have the core functionality that they bought and destroyed. It's just I don't mean to get mad about this, Jay, but it really frustrates me when they take over these apps and lose the vision and then the people that supported it and funded it and backed it and talked about it and spread it to their friends and do all these things that they do, at the end it's just like, whatever. It, it reminds me it's of gone now. It's it, just a, it's a sad tale. It reminds me of GoTo when they they bought LogMeIn or merged or whatever, and then LogMeIn bought LastPass. LastPass was amazing, and now it's a train wreck. And all they did when they bought it, and they just started jacking up the prices every year. Price increase, price increase. Same with log me in, and it's just like, oh my gosh, man! What these guys? They ought to. If you're going to buy a great product, and maybe it's the founders, you know, maybe they're just like, hey, I'm, I've, I've been doing this forever. I'm tired of it. I'm ready to sell out. Uh, I just want to move on. Um, you, you know, there could be that, and they they need to get the money back because they're spending a lot of money on those companies too. But sometimes you just think, man, just can you just keep that inertia, that small company scrappy inertia going and continue to make it a great product and not just try to get your money out. But I, I guess they're just yeah. looking out for shareholders. I don't know how, how that anyway, works. I think a lot of times individuals do it because they're like, Hey, we see that there could, you know, a lot more people could use this and they hope the vision's carried forward. And then it's just the vision's lost in the big corporate sea of confusion and money-making and whatever else. Anyway, it's a sad day. I'm just telling you right now that uh, Mint is being shut down, the personal finance software, and people are being asked to be moved off it. Final story before the end of the hour, Plex Media Software. I've got a Plex server in the cloud that I run uh, with my son for our family, Jay. But Plex Media Software startup and streamer is now expanding its service to become more of a social network. 
not just a way to organize and, um, you know, watch your home media uh, or your stream um, content. It's now going to be social media. They've discovered the ability where you can see your friends streaming activity, share things that you've watched with friends, do all kinds of interesting, cool things, Jay. I think that's interesting, but like people are going to comment on what they watch or kind of leave like a discussion board for the family, or are they going to interact with other people's plexes, sort of like a federation, like uh, Mastodon or something? How, how is that going to work, Sam? Well, it's called Plex Discover Together. So you add that kind of to your Plex server, and if you enable the schedule or Discover Together, lets you see your friend's streaming activity. So I can look on it and say, you know what, I like a lot of the stuff Jay likes. And I just go ahead and look and say, oh, man, Jay's watched these 20 things lately. You Jay know doesn't I have a Plex one. server yet. I want to get one. I need. I know, but I'm just ben saying. Somebody so <laughs> let's say that Jay watched Boxable, Sam's review of Boxable. Then all of Jay's friends would be like, you know, I want to see Sam's review of Boxable. Yeah. See? And so it's that kind of sharing. And then I don't know what's coming after that. Comments on what's watched or ratings on, you know, if you're like-minded on things that you watch and share with your friends, will there be a rating thing to where I can say, Jay and his 26 friends watched this now, and they rated it on an average of, you know, a nine. Yeah, I think that's more of they're adding a social component to Plex rather than Plex becoming a social network. Um, You're right for now, but the next question is what's next and what's next and what's next. And it's it's like saying TikTok's a social network. I don't, I don't know that it's. I mean, I guess it is. People are commenting and and things like that, but they're not like they're not doing so LinkedIn, what I would think of Facebook on LinkedIn has the business aspect to it. Employability and, and the business aspect. Right. Plex has the media aspect to it. Um, TikTok has the kind of fresh short video aspect to it. Every one of these has an aspect to it. And over time, those aspects and goals and I don't know what words to use, desire and focus change and morph. I mean, think about it. People used to buy mint for this purpose. And now, they're being moved to something that doesn't even have the purpose they were all into it in the first place for. A lot of people so it's do very that. strange how these things change. Microsoft shut down Microsoft Money years ago. Remember that? And it was it was pretty popular. I mean, a yes. lot of people were using it. And it was like the home version of um, what kind of Mint became after that. But they just shut them down. Anyway, all I know is this. I thought that was pretty interesting. Uh and I thought people would kind of like to know about that. It's, it's a pretty cool thing for Plex, especially if you already have a Plex server or you use one uh, or you want to get one or whatever. It's, it's gaining so, aspects to where you don't have to invite friends to your Plex now. You can more share the, hey, this is what we're watching on our Plex and whatever. And we um, should Plex do a- has multiple aspects, too. Plex has just the ability to internally have your own videos that you put on it. But it also has a blogosphere or whatever you want to call it, a connectivity that you can open up and watch a bunch of things that you don't put on your own server, too, Jay. I don't know if you know that. No, I didn't. We should do a video or, I mean, a podcast, a tech watch, um, and have an expert, maybe Ben or somebody else, come on and and tell people how to put together a Plex server and and all the ins and outs of it. (sighs) There you go. I agree. There's a lot of cool things we can do some tech on, that's for sure. And we're going to keep an eye on tech so you don't have to. That's one of our promises. You know, uh, this is different than most technology shows. A lot of shows are like, here's how you do something in tech, or let me answer your tech questions. Or this is more we review things that we find cool in the tech world and share our love of tech with you. We share our, and we also then have, uh, we're going to have guests. For example, there's a guest that's coming on soon that has a complete new technology. And this new technology recreates the whole database stack. 
to literally change things that take days to accomplish to mere seconds. And uh, we're going to talk about it. They're calling it Web 4.0 now because it's supposed to be incredibly disruptive. And we're going to talk about the ins and outs of that technology and how it works and where people will see it. They're starting with big tech, but it'll roll down to the average people soon enough. Uh, That's kind of interesting. So we're going to keep an eye on all kind of things related to that so you don't have to. And hopefully it's fun, entertaining. Don't forget Jay's Christmas present. I know you all want to get him one of those... um, what do they call those trucks, Jay? Cybertruck, man. Come on. Get a Cybertruck, Jay, yeah. We're going to do a GoFundMe or something. These, I'm going to find a little go. toy one from Amazon and send it to him, by the way, folks. Be ready for that. Anyway, thanks for keeping an eye on tech with us.